Like Scoob, have you ever checked out the Bucket of Beef show? Well, Raggy, it's the rarest podcast I've seen. <laughs> Is that good? That's like a demonic Scooby. Roro Raggy. Dude, I couldn't picture Shaggy waking up to Rello. <laughs> Rello Raggy, look behind you. That like hot breath on your neck. Like, no, I don't like that. <laughs> you just wake up and you. it's just like... <gasps> God, okay. Hello, everyone. I'm going to do my pauses like Luke does his pauses sometimes. So they're going to be really long and upsetting? Maybe just a little bit. I don't think that the podcast can handle I don't that, think that kind of time wasted. <laughs> Welcome to the buff... Bu- <laughs> the buff... Buff... <laughs> The Bucket of Beef Welcome Show. Welcome to the Bucket of Beef Show! Yay! Thanks much for joining us for our seventh episode. We're feeling a little loopy today. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling a little sick. I'm hoping that it uh, it blows over. And I'm really close to his face. Yeah. And I'm, it's like mucus all over and it's... You have to understand, we record on one microphone, so we are like... Spooning. Touching cheeks, yeah. The entire time. If you'd like to support our Patreon, so we can afford an additional microphone, and I don't... In fact, uh, Alex, through the vector that is our sole recording device, please go to patreon.com slash bucket of beef show and subscribe for $4 a month where you get exclusive access to episodes of, of reviewed episodes of the last of us. I think I'm dying. I think I'm dying. I'm pretty sure. Roma, do you think people should join our Patreon page? Yes, they definitely should do that. Tell ASAP, right now, ASAP right now, you heard it. Roma is going to visit you in your sleep as a specter. That's and the right. gang can't save the you from that one. The gang can't save you. There will be no meddling kids and no dumb dog. Dumb dog? That's what they say. Meddling kids and your dumb dog. Uh, with a big fist raised. But Scooby's so smart. Yes. So, uh, we're talking about <laughs> Scooby-Doo 2002. <laughs> On our, our first film, which you guys voted on. Thank you so much for voting. That was a really big turnout. It was. It was wonderful. It was really cool. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, we're just going to jump right into it. But first, Luke, hmm. how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm feeling good. Kind of taking it day by day. Seeing where life takes me. How about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in a similar boat. Just trying to stay creatively engaged. There you go. Yeah. Alex wrote a wonderful... Uh, short little play this morning. Yeah, and I came out of my room and I was like, Luke, I wrote something. And he was like, let me see it, son. And we read it. And we read it together. And it made him giggle. It and did. that made me happy. It's very fun. Maybe I'll share it. Yeah, everybody DM Alex to get that uh, that script. I probably, I'll just DM it to you. Yeah, yeah, I have no issue. It was really short. I just, yeah. So, awesome. Scooby-Doo, 2002. I just love that that rhymes so well. It just feel It rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it Scooby feels really Dooby nice. Doo. 2002, time to watch a movie. Boom. I think that's the theme song for it. I anyway, agree. so what happens in Scooby-Doo? The gang solves a mystery. However, this mystery... Oh, yeah, we have to do our synopsis. We do. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to do the synopsis for this Yeah, one. off the top of the head. The Gang You Know and Love by mm. Hanna-Barbera is in a live-action version is in a live action movie where they are in it and nice. <laughs> thanks and they have to solve a mystery after the gang breaks up <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a second grader keep going <laughs> it sounds like a second grader i'm gonna get nervous okay it okay. sounds like a very advanced man 
Fuck off. Okay, now I'm going to be a man about Let's it. Let's do it. Mystery Incorporated breaks up at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> after after they all get a letter from Emil Mondavarius, they all go to a small island called Spooky Island where they they discover that there are there are things afoot. Stop laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> there are there are literal demons in this movie. <laughs> that was a very successful synopsis. So we got the basic plot points. Uh, the, the gang, the gang solves a crime. They break up, and this is the the biggest thing to me is Fred is the toxic element of this group. Yeah, he is. Like Fred, Fred holds no value. Fred sucks. Basically man. everything. I don't think does Fred do anything important in this film. In this movie, no, I don't think so. No, I think he's the weakest link. Yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, he gets possessed by a demon. Yeah. Like, that's it. He doesn't... Like, everybody else does something. He's just part of the comedic bits. So, the the, the gang breaks up. Um, they get this invitation from... What was his name? Emil Mondavarius. Mondavarius. And what does Emil Mondavarius do? Like, who is he? He is the owner of Spooky Island. Um, so, he essentially calls all of Mystery Inc. to the island because the college kids that are there are acting super weird. Like, they go there totally fine, normal college kids. And then when they leave, they're, like, weirdly poised and super strong. They all have uh, uh, roid rage. Yeah, they do basically. all have roid rage, yeah. So they're trying to figure out why this is happening. Um, so, Luke, tell me about your favorite characters. My favorite this. characters? In this? I mean, my favorite characters in this have to be Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're they're the most... Like, I feel like in most cases, they're oddly equipped to handle themselves yeah yeah even though like they have no idea what they're doing they're just going with the flow and i think that's what everybody loves about shaggy and scooby you know they keep the gang lighthearted. yeah and they honestly do a lot of they do they like always do the heavy lifting yeah you know they always fall into something and all that i love the the little um like post breakup session where they're grilling in the mystery machine uh, out on the beach. It's like they're smoking weed. Yeah. You think they're smoking weed. But then they're making burgers, he baby. Goes, talk about toasted. And then the audience is like, whoa, are they just going to show it? So that's cool. Um, I think my favorite character is also, I think my specifically my favorite character is Shaggy. And as I love my Matthew Lillard, he's he's the man. Um, and like my favorite supporting character is the Voodoo Man. Yeah, Voodoo Man's good. I have a soft spot for Velma too. Uh, to be honest, partially because. Uh, uh, Linda Cardellini is just a beautiful person. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's a really great character actor. Really good. I saw her recently in, um, it was one of the Conjuring spinoffs. Oh, really? Uh, La Llorona. Oh, yeah, she's good in that? And she's great. I've, I've always liked everything I've seen her in. Yeah, she's yeah. incredible. So, favorite parts of this movie, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't have any, I don't think, but like least favorite parts of this movie. Least fa- easily for me, my least favorite part of the film is Scrappy pissing all over people. <laughs> I was talking to Alex about about this like before we started recording the podcast. Um, just full disclosure for everyone listening, I am the one that hasn't seen that hadn't seen Scooby Doo. Yeah, I've seen it a lot, like two thousand and two all the way through. <laughs> Another did you like that? <laughs> I loved I it. I set that one up. I have seen Scooby Doo two, Monsters Unleashed before i've watched that many times i that i personally think i prefer scooby-doo 2 to the original scooby-doo and um scooby-doo 
was just one of those films that I, I watched in pieces when I was a kid. I just could not get over Scrappy-Doo pissing on people. I just don't like it. He's marking his territory. But he's like an old man dog, and it's perverse. He has a gland it's, issue. Yeah, but it, it's not like his gland issue is what makes him piss on people. The gland issue just makes him like a weird dog Benjamin Button. <laughs> And I don't fuck Look, with that. Look, he has to be a little aggressive. He's like three inches tall. He yeah, has like, to be. But he's like pissing on people and like deriving pleasure from it. <laughs> and I draw the line there. He shouts his own I name draw and the then line. pisses I, on I learned, I learned very quickly that I 100% do not have a piss fetish specifically because of Scooby-Doo. How do you know if you've never tried it? No. Uh-uh. The, 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 uh, the thought repulses me. I'm sorry to those out there that may have a piss fetish, but uh, I... I can't do it. If you have a piss fetish, uh, message us uh, on Instagram. Oh, God. And I just, I want you to convince Luke that it's okay to nope. give it a shot. Nope. Nope. Not for me. I think he can I respect, it. I respect you if you're into it, but I, I can't dig it. Respect. Yeah. Respect. So then, what's your favorite part? My favorite part? You know, my favorite part and my – I like the cave stuff that they do when they're trying to, like, swing back and forth and, like, destroy the soul machine. <laughs> the soul bowl? The soul bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that part. And I and even though I hate Scrappy, I do like the part where he comes out of Mr. Bean's robot body. Yeah. That's fun. Um, wh- what is What is the, like, the threat in this film? Like, what's happening on this island? So, like, the kids are being taken, like, the, the college teens on Spooky Island are being taken over, and you come to find out, like, halfway through the movie that there are these, like, demons, these, like, super tall, weird, lanky, They kind of look freaks. sort of like Scooby-Doo's in, like, really fucked up demonic ways. They do. They look like long demon dogs. Yeah. Demon Great Dane dogs. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing is Scrappy-Doo is trying to get the souls of all of these college teens <laughs> And absorb them into his chest so that he can become an all-powerful, like, Godzilla-like yeah. creature. I think it's really to, to cure his gland issue. You think so? Yeah, I think he would, he natural, that's his natural state. <laughs> yeah, and his glands are just holding him <laughs> Not back. Not letting him do exactly. that. Exactly. To have a six-pack and a rockin' bot. <laughs> and a big head. A big, big head. A big ol' head. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to think. This movie is so interesting to me because... I think it does a really good job taking the, like, sexy early 2000s approach as much as people are like, I'm not, I don't really vibe with that. It does a good job in, in the frame of that. It is really interesting just, like, how – and I don't know. Maybe it's because, like, we were, like, kids during this time. But it's so interesting uh, just how 2000s, 2000s movies are. Yeah. You yeah. know? Like, they're so – they just feel so much like time capsules where, where I don't feel the same way about like 80s or 90s films or like movies from 2010. Yeah. Like there's just this weird vibe from like 1999 to 2006 where something happened. I, also... I don't know what it was, <laughs> but something is different. <laughs> It's like it's weird, but also like I really don't like two thousand six to two thousand eight. Like those two years, I'm not a fan. Yeah, those of. recession uh, 
prime recession time. Yeah, and or just like, I guess pre-recession. You know, like the sunglasses that have like the fence on them, like the long. Yeah, like the yep. <laughs> the fucking yeah uh, black eyed like the LMFAO ass, like, glasses. Yeah. <clears throat> Shit is goofy, but uh, so yeah, they, it does a really good job of encapsulating that like feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there are a lot of like. Not a lot. I think there are really only two very touching moments in this movie to me. And one of them is like my favorite scene. It's when Scooby is getting ready to be sacrificed. And no. he's like, yeah, I'm going to be sacrificed. <laughs> that is a good part. And Shaggy's like, that's not good, man. <laughs> like, I'm going to be right for once. <laughs> I, need, I need to up my Scooby-Doo voice yeah. game. game. I can always do the laugh. I can't do the voice voice. What is it? What is it? <laughs> that's so good. Thank you. Very good. Um... But he's like, you know, who's my best friend in the whole wide world? He's like, Ruby Doo? And it's like, it's so cute. <laughs> um, that's like my favorite part. And I, I don't really have a least favorite part. I I, I, uh, I think the luchador fight might actually be my favorite part. The luchador part? Yeah. Yeah. It goes hard. It does. The stakes are crazy. It does. It, do, it really does a good job. Um, so... If you had to pick a least favorite part, what would it be? I'm trying to think. Yeah. I don't. I think it's the part when Sco- uh, Scooby and Shaggy like fight because Scooby thinks Mary Jane is, yeah, is, like wearing a mask and she is, but like Shaggy, just listen, man. I don't. He's know. He's blinded by love. He's blinded by He's love. He's his best. He loves that Mary Jane. He I can't know. get away from it. I know. She is sweet. Yeah. Also, my favorite part in this too is when Scooby, uh, <laughs> they like call him on the phone at the bar. He's like, I'm looking for a Mr. Do. And he's like, Melvin Do? I did like them. When they, like, they were gonna, was it, what were they going to sac? When they were going to sacrifice him, he's like, no, you, you want he's Melvin. Like, <laughs> he's like, don't you mean Melvin Do? <laughs> yeah, um, because yeah, he's like, go into the darkest part of the forest where no one can see you for hamburgers. Yeah. Okay. That is very good. I also like the... Like the ethical statement that this film makes that all humans have tainted souls. Yeah. Yeah. Only Scooby has a pure soul. Because he's a dog. Like, he not even loves... Shaggy has a pure soul. No. You know? He They're doesn't. all tainted in some way. Um, it's like a very Catholic messaging. You I think, think so? Well, because Catholics are very much like we're all guilty. Like, yeah. we're born, you're born a sin. I mean, I don't think they take a firm stance on dogs. No. But you can't take a firm stance on dogs. I know. I don't think they believe dogs have soul. I don't think they believe. That's crazy. Animals have souls. It's only human because we're children of God. Yeah, but you know? like I don't but know. But Scooby Doo proves that wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You look into the eyes of some dogs. You're like, I see you in there. I know. You know. I know. It's kind of messed up. But um, so a lot of people don't like the soul part when he when Shaggy goes into the cave is like yanking the tiny souls. Yeah. Because it looks really bad. What did you think of that? I thought like, it was it fine. You? Like, I knew what we were getting into. Like, the moment I saw what the monsters looked like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is what this is. You just have to accept it. And that. I was also, I feel like I was also just kind of, like, I grew up watching that kind of CGI mm-hmm. in a lot of the films I watch. So, like, particularly when I see CGI like that in that sort of film era... I feel like I go back, like revert back to my child state after yeah. like 15 seconds. And I'm sure. like, oh, this makes sense. Cause I can like conceptualize where technology was at that time. Sure. So for me, it didn't look weird. I remembered it looking exactly the same for like Scooby Doo 2. But like those first 10 seconds, I was like, wow, these monsters look. It looks like they spent $4 on this. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Nah. Oh, I love Scooby Doo 2. 
We should just talk about it at some point. I think we should just forego. We should. You guys can. You guys can vote for Scooby Doo two in our next poll, maybe too. Well, because the whole thing too, it's like our, our, our you know, the Last of Us is going to end at some point. That's so true. We have to decide how we're going to operate that space. So if you have any ideas, like where we can we can talk about movies, or we're still going to keep watching a show of some kind, like. And if you guys subscribe to the Patreon, you can let us know. Yeah. What do you want us to do next? Absolutely. But in terms of Scooby Doo, um, like, what do you think? Do you. Uh, Hmm. Do you think that it holds up just as much for you now, or do you think it's much more of a nostalgia film for you? I think it still holds up for me. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I you don't you don't expect anything like real or you know earnest or honest. I don't know. Sure, you, sure. You know what I mean? I like get you, you you expect the cartoonishness of it. So yeah, that's yeah. Fair. I don't mind it. Do you? I mean. Well, for me, I I still like strongly preferred the second one to this one. Okay, you're saying that a lot. I know, it's kind of hurting my feelings. I'm sorry, but I'm here to be honest with you. What is it about I'm the second one? I'm here to be one, honest though? with the listeners. What is it about the second? I one? like I like the story more in the second one. You like the story more? I do. This one, they're kind of like, what's going on? And then they find it out really quick, and then they just follow the people to the cave. You know what I mean? It's I pretty guess. straightforward. It is pretty straightforward, which is but, fine. Yeah. It's a children's movie. Yeah. Slash uh, people interested in Scooby Doo movie. Yeah. You know. We've been watching a lot of Scooby Doo content recently. Yeah. I Alex has been watching a lot of Velma. Yeah, I finished all of Velma. Mm-hmm. Which really, it makes me so mad because Fred is the worst in that show, and all of his worst traits just kind of pour out when you watch the movie. I feel like it's generally acceptable though that Fred is the worst one. Yeah, because he mean- like. Even in the cartoons, he doesn't do too much. Yeah. In terms of, like, this film, um, hmm, how do you, how do you like Scrappy as a villain? I think it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. I actually really like Scrappy as a villain. Yeah. I like the little flashback they do, even though he pisses on everyone. Yeah. Um, when you're watching, you're like, hmm, why are they showing Scrappy all of a sudden? And then you're like, at the end, oh. Oh, he pops out. Scrappy, Scrappy, dappy do. Um, Fred also has a really funny line though, because I was like, is, "Did he? What did he do?" The funniest thing that he says is when he he gets his head pulled out or like the his soul. Shaggy pulls it out. He's like, "I think someone drugged me, man." <laughs> like, it is good. I think someone spiked my drink. <laughs> it is really Talk good. Talk me down, man. Talk <laughs> me down. <laughs> That's really good. That is a fun part. Does it bother you at all that like <laughs> they get coached to being like oddly hood when they? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I like like wipe that from my memory. Right? I forgot about that. The whole training room with the fucking like I will crush your bones into dust. Yeah. Oh, it's so That good. whole thing. Yeah, that is true. They did they uh I can't even explain. I gave her the business and she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Later on." Yeah. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. really struggled with yeah, all that shit. That shit was funny. <laughs> you yo you yo, I don't know. It was like the cringiest thing. <laughs> so weird. Very corny. <laughs> you think they all have like issues going coming away from the island and running into people? They're like, "What's up, dog?" And like they're I like, I feel like it, pur- <laughs> it, gets, it gets purged from the body. I think it's like when they get possessed. I think it's like that monster that takes over them, and they have to learn how to be human. Okay. You know, sure. and this is the closest thing to being human, according to Scrappy Doo. God, who I feel like Scrappy Doo is probably. You think Scrappy Doo is a racist? <laughs> I feel like he is. I I feel like he starts bar fights. I feel like, like he's. Like... 
I feel like I don't know if he's racist. I think I, I think Scrappy Doo's just a wrong individual. Yeah, well, because also I am under the camp though, honestly, and this all makes sense. I'm under the camp that Scooby Doo is black. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. He's black. Yeah. Which means by association, Scrappy is also black. Scrappy's black. <laughs> so he's like trying to teach these demons how to do that, how to like oh get that swag, <laughs> and they just can't well, do it. Okay, but so Scrappy's black, but he has like the oldest man voice. <laughs> like what? He's like has the oldest white man voice I've ever heard. I like. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Scrappy is like possessed by like Fred's great great grandfather <laughs> or something. That boy came out of the womb and really was just like just a menace. His mom left him. His dad left him. Yeah, I feel bad for him. <laughs> Damn, I have no sympathy for Scrappy Doo. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, so which character do you relate to the most? Which character do I relate to the most? Yeah. Oh, man. Which character do I relate to the most? And then also, on top of that, mm-hmm. you know the party where the where the big demons attack for the first time? Yeah. You're sitting on that table next to Scooby. Big demon breaks in. What's your first move? Okay, so my first answer is going to be I relate mostly to, I think, Melvin Dew. <laughs> I think I'm just there when the action happens, yeah. and I don't know what the fuck is going on. What do I do when the monsters burst through the doors? Yeah, I don't know. I get God probably. You you think you get if God? I'm closest to Melvin? Do I feel like that's my destiny? <laughs> I feel like I'd, I I feel I think I would try to help people, and then I would get God like immediately. That's fair. No one was ready to handle that. No, everyone got God. Everyone right? was drunk. except for who, <laughs> like, who didn't get God. Shaggy and Daphne and Mary Jane mm. and Scooby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just those four. I guys. feel like I would have got God, probably. Yeah. Yeah, just like Melvin. Dude, they got the Coast Guard. Just crazy. They did. <laughs> they That's true. There. I think Melvin Dew should canonically be in every I think Scooby he should Dude be, too. Related. Yeah. It would just be so funny. Be like an intern, <laughs> you know? Hey, Melvin. What's up, guys? <laughs> That'd be so good. Okay. So... What what character do you mostly identify with? You think? Oh, um, probably I I I think Shaggy. Shaggy. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I just kind of have that energy. That's fair. I'm just very. I'm not like squirrely, but I definitely have like a very chaotic essence. Sometimes, mm. you know what I mean. I see. Um, and, you know, he brings people together. There are. Lots I definitely of identify and... with sh- with Shaggy's hunger. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You could hang with them for I sure. I could. You could, I could really for sure hang. hang, dude. I bring the NYC party mix. <laughs> and it would be a hit. It would be amazing. Absolutely. Don't take them to the fucking deli. No. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, so, lasting thoughts. Lasting thoughts on Scooby Doo 2002. What do you think, Alex? I'll let you lead with it. Let me lead with it? Yeah. It's just phenomenal. And also, testament to fucking James Gunn doing the screenplay oh i forget he did the screenplay for this yeah yeah because honestly i think if you're gonna adapt something that's so popular and like is just kind of monotonous in the way it it, it, monotonous in its structure Mm -hmm. nothing changes about scooby-doo like nothing yeah you know and i think just the fact that it kind of opens with the classic and it's like all right guys breaking up i think it's just a nice little turn twist i think making i think scrappy-doo being the villain is something very new too is that there were a lot of episodes of scooby-doo like when i was younger where scrappy was really hanging with shaggy and scooby for a minute 
Yeah, and he was very helpful. Yeah, very helpful. A, a benevolent guy. Yeah. No so, glands, no no detectable gland problems. No, not at all. Um, so just that with the cast, like this is just, it's a classic for me. I can't explain it. I think it's, like I said, one of the, the top ten movies I could keep with me forever. Like, Man. I, I would, yeah. That's it's almost, That's it, real. It's honestly almost entirely quotable for me. Really? Yeah, like the whole thing. Dang. You've heard me sing random songs from I it know, at certain I know. You points. do like it a lot. I love it. Yeah. It's like a weird little twist. Alex identifies me. heavily with the original Scooby-Doo. I do. Live action so. film. Um, what about you, man? What about me just in terms of like my overall thoughts? Your overall, yeah. My overall thoughts, to be honest, and I feel like I'm going to break your heart with this. I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Scooby-Doo 2002, for me, it's kind of mid- I think it's a mid film. I think I like Scooby Doo two a lot more. I'm sorry. It's uh, it's simple. I I like. Uh, I feel like I have a lot more nostalgia attached to like a lot of the live action things. Yeah, and it's funny because you hate what's new Scooby Doo. Yeah, I can't. Say I that. love what's new Scooby Doo. It's just like something can't do it. Something like innate in my childhood. Um, I do think it was very fun that they got everything together in live action. Yeah, I like the robot, uh, the robot thing with Scrappy. I think that was fun. There's like a bunch of fun hijinks and everything in here. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. There's just something about it that I just don't totally just can't rock with mesh it. with. That's yeah, okay. that's you know? totally fun. <clears throat> so I did both beef scores on the last episode before you did your beef scores. Oh, okay. So you're going to do both, not both of yours right now, but like you're going to go first on both of them. Okay. I'll start? Yeah. So uh, what do we want to do the one out of ten, uh, zero out of ten to? Yes. What, 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 are, what are the, what are we going to do? Are we doing, oh. doing ten? Scoop, no, I was going to say Scooby Snacks, but I want to say Sun Boils. Sun Boils? Yeah, because that's Because the you, monsters get the, the Sun monsters Boils? The monsters get the Sun Boils. Um, ooh, I'm gonna give Scooby Doo 2002. For me, it's a 5.1. Alex oh. winced so hard. Oh. I feel like our, this has caused irreparable damage Maybe. to our relationship. Maybe. It's okay. There are a couple that actually would cause irreparable damage. Oh, dang. Just a couple. Which ones? I don't want to say them out loud. Well, we'll have to do them on the podcast and see if our relationship can survive it. I'm sure it can. Okay, and so where does that put your beef score? My beef score, I'll I'll will give it a half a bucket of beef still. Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's worth checking out, worth watching if you're a Scooby Doo fan. I think it's an important piece of the uh, the media landscape that is Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um. I just like Scooby Doo two better. That's fair. I like you it know more. what? That's fair. I think it's the superior Dooby Doo. I think the stakes in the second one are crazy. They're way crazy. higher. There's a tar monster that and there's is like killing more, there, everyone. There's more like uh, red herrings and stuff. Yeah, it's a little more absolutely. complex. Yeah. This one was just a little too straightforward for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't really feel the the stakes too much in this. Yeah. And it, I think it's also because you don't necessarily know who exactly the villain is until the end. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what the exact force is and what's going on. Yeah. You know? And also, it's a very it's it's condensed to the island, right? Yes. In this one, where, like, the other one, it's like, we're, we're on the mainland. Um, all of these costumes are coming to life, and they all have, like, different scary shit that they do. Yeah. And it's, like, not cool. No. It's really scary, no. honestly. It's life-threatening. Yeah. 
better jokes. Yeah. We should have just talked about Scooby-Doo, too. Uh, well, listen, maybe we'll do it eventually. Fuck, What's man. your score? What's your score? Okay. Um, I think this rests at a very solid 8.2 for me. I will not give it a 10 out of 10 as much as I want to. Because it is flawed, and I think even just having that little conversation around Scooby-Doo 2, like, the stakes aren't completely there, but there are a couple of touching moments. Um, the early 2000s sexy bit, like, I like it enough, I don't love it, you know? You know what I mean? I'm I'm kind of of the uh, opinion that no one was that hot in the early 2000s. Really? I just think the fashion was abhorrent i can think of one person who was i mean there were hot people in the 2000s but i feel like they had to overcome their fashion i feel like we're about to enter that era have you seen those red i know boots? it's coming back those big pac-man red it's ass coming boots? back oh, yeah man. yeah i don't and want i'm not ready back. i'm not ready for the return of low-rise jeans dude i don't want low-rise jeans i don't want baggy jorts like i don't want <laughs> that that sounds terrible sounds awful um but as for uh, my beef score, like Shaggy eats uh, an, an eggplant burger in it. That is true. With hot sauce and chocolate sauce. And I think that's exactly what this deserves, right? It's not like, it's, it's, it's very uh, chaotic and it stays in its cartoon realm as much as it can for live action. So give me an eggplant burger with hot sauce and, uh, and chocolate sauce. That's where I stand on it. That sounds good. And as much as I don't want to leave Scooby-Doo, I think it's time for break. 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 And we're back from the break. We're done with that break, break today. Break. We're done to come back from breaking the break and breaking the break. Breaking the break. Our last song was really good, though. Which on the one? Last episode. Oh, was it? We're gonna, we're gonna break it. That was. We're gonna, we're gonna, that was so much. We gotta work on these. I know. We now we have li- a live recording of us living in the past. Yeah, man, man. So what's your uh, what's your hopeful sponsorship? Oh man, my hopeful sponsorship is ashtrays. We Care have to elaborate. <laughs> All of our cigarette ashes are just on the floor of our apartment. Apparently, no. I, just... <laughs> I think it's important to have an ashtray. You never know when something's gonna ash or burn. You, you don't know. You just you know? don't know. And ash ashtrays come in all shapes and sizes. I'm a big fan of the ones that look like plates mm. that have Homer Simpson on them, but Homer <laughs> Simpson is zooted. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> zooted? Yeah. <laughs> um, I want one with our faces on it and our thumbs up, and we're also zooted. That'd be cool. That'd be kind of cool. If someone um, wants to get on that for us. Yeah, the bucket of beef ashtray. Hit us up. Yeah. So, yeah, I want ashtrays. You want ashtrays? Yeah. I want Hall's cough drops. <laughs> My throat is hurting me right now. I'm barreling through this. Fun fact, up until I was twenty probably like last year when I was up until the point I was twenty three years old. Or maybe like after I turned twenty four. Anyway, not too far back, I learned that Hall's cough drops weren't called Hal's cough drops. You what? I was convinced that they were Hal's How? because my I can't read sometimes. Who told you? Did I someone don't know. tell you? I wouldn't be surprised if like my parents are like Hal's because <laughs> that's a thing that that's a thing that Midwestern people like to do. Like, yeah. we, we like to just like say things like just 
misname things. Yeah. It's like a favorite pastime. Like every store becomes becomes like plural. Yep, yep. You know, mm-hmm. you got Kroger's, you got Myers. I'm surprised there isn't Costco's. Yeah. You know? My grand but... my grandparents and my mom always do like instead of like they're talking about wolves, go woof. Or like a like wolves. Like a woof. Like a woof. Look out for the look out there, there's some wolves. Yeah. Alright, my favorite my grandpa says wash. Wash? He's gotta wash some clothes. Oh nice. Gotta gotta wash the car. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's a special kind of Indiana it. It Midwest. Is, it is. I very. It, I like it a lot, actually. <laughs> it reminds you of home. Yeah. It's a, yeah. a good nostalgic uh, vibe when you hear someone say "wash." Yeah. Gonna gonna wash my ashtray. I don't, I almost went to a pirate accent there for a second. Can you try it? Try what? A pirate accent talking about washing your ashtray. I'm gonna wash my ashtray. Very good. Wash, wash my ashtray. <laughs> okay. With my Homer Simpson. <laughs> Zooted Homer Simpson on my ashtray. <laughs> uh, so cool. Halls and ashtray. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here, folks. All right. That's our uh, that's our sponsorship. And we are going back to the pod. Follow us over this way. Come on. That's the footsteps. Does that sound accurate, you think? Yeah. To footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Speaking of footsteps, yeah. we're walking on over oh. to our next film. Oh, where are we? What I think is a classic film already. I believe it came out, was it 2018 it came out, I think? Um, 2017 or 2018? 2017. 2017 is a wonderful film written and directed by Martin McDonough. I, th- I think and hope that's how you pronounce his, uh, his name. Uh, is a film called Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. The cast for this is absolutely stacked. I love them very much. This is the kind of film for me that, like, even even the characters that just appear in, like, a scene or two are wonderful. Yeah. And they are entrenched so deeply in the world of this movie. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, and I'm kind of going to spoil my score at the end of this, I, this is probably for me, like one of the best, one of the better made films that we've watched on for this podcast. Yeah. Like easily. Easily. This is like, it's the best made, a near masterpiece in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we got Francis McDormand. Uh, we got Sam Rockwell. We've got Woody Harrelson. Peter Dinklage is in this too. Mm -hmm. Caleb Landry Jones is wonderful in this too. Samara Weaving is in it. Yeah. Um, and then we got Lucas Hodges as well. Uh, all wonderful actors. Um, do a synopsis. Say, Luke, what is three billboards outside Abing, Missouri, about? Oh, can I can I can I do a little song while you do it? While you say the synopsis? Sure thing. We're gonna keep it light, <laughs> as light as we All can. Right. <laughs> Ready? Yep. Actually, I'm just gonna do a. I'm gonna do a saxophone. Okay. Hey there, folks. Come on with me to a place called Evan, Missouri. Let me tell you, Evan, Missouri's got some problems. We've got a, the mother of an unfortunately passed young woman who's on the lookout for her daughter's killer. We've got a no-nonsense sheriff by the name of Bill Willoughby. We got some other characters in here, too. The film opens up with Francis McDormand, a.k.a. Mildred Hayes, 
putting up three defamatory billboards outside of this small town in Evan, Missouri. And you won't guess what happens. Yes. Cool. So, in, in essentially, for three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Um, it's a heavy film. It is. Got to put film. it out there first. Um, what I love so much about this film, as as well as what I love so much about Martin McDonough's other works, is how well it balances tragedy and comedy. Like this, this film has no business being as funny as it is. No, absolutely. Um, it has very intense, a, a very intense subject matter. Uh, just a quick um, sort of content warning for this film. It does uh, deal with and discuss um, sexual violence um, as well as murder, domestic <laughs> violence, the, too. domestic violence mm-hmm. as well. Um, basically, the main uh, inciting incident for this film, which basically happens off screen before the film even starts, is the rape and murder of uh, Mildred Hayes' daughter. Uh, Angela Hayes. Angela Hayes. Yeah. Um, That's the first thing I think is really interesting about this, just off rip, is yeah. that like this type of movie will not coddle you in no. what you need to know. Like because of how well-rounded these actors are in their own uh, story building from the get-go it's like you just kind of have to yeah like you're here buckle up yeah you know like like you're learning through the characters but it's not spoon-fed it's just it's all very natural and just off rip it's very good so yeah that's all i want to know and the way that they like build a, the community in this is really good too it's excellent kind of the ways that they have these different factions you got mildred sort of teaming up with her friend at i can i can't remember the character's name yeah at the gift shop um denise 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 at the gift shop um they uh, she has a an interesting relationship with the guy that runs uh um the advertising agency for uh, in ebbing missouri uh red welby yeah um another fantastic character in this kind of i would say the primary antagonist at least in the beginning of the film uh jason dixon Played by Sam Rockwell. Absolutely. A pretty shithead uh, deputy. Yeah. Um, who is a drunk and, frankly, a very hateful man. Yep. Yeah. Racist, torturing black folks. Yes. Um, which is poked at. Yeah, it's really interesting how they... It's, like, always on the surface. Yeah, you know? it is. It's always And they teaming. don't, like... Um, and in the best way, it's it's, like, this is the shit of this town. You know, and yeah. it's just kind of a, it's it's never necessarily like, and everyone's out to change it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like everyone's like dealing with it. It's shit. And that's the world that it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's a lot of small towns. I feel like, yeah. I mean, the town where I was born, it's just like that everyone knows everyone. You're in everyone's business and anybody does anything to anyone. It affects you. Yeah. And you have to have an opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, But yeah. And Sam Rockwell's character goes to so many different places. It does. Being a drunk. And, you know, I told Luke yesterday once we were done, I didn't want to talk about it too much. Um, But we talked about how Mildred Hayes and Officer Dixon are kind of riding the same bike in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where and, and we don't even really learn about Dixon losing his dad. Until or the, like the near the end, basically near the end, yeah. yeah. Which is an important. We don't piece learn of that about puzzle. it until uh, until Sheriff Willoughby's passing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just how Mildred kind of operates 
to it, 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 her power comes from her love mm-hmm. and all of her actions are dictated yeah. by love period and they're intense and she's intense and Dixon is also intense but he throughout majority of this movie was not operating out of love just like vengeful and hateful yeah just angry yeah and where those two kind of meet at the end I mean that's just really interesting because when he's introduced by um Woody Harrelson's character uh Officer Willoughby to the to the concept that he needed to be more loving so that he could be a detective like he's he sees Dixon mm-hmm. and so now their paths can kind of meet you know Mildred and, and Dixon so yeah, I think that's the big thing I kind of took from it, just operating out of love versus hate. For sure. In these really intense and volatile situations. Yeah, and also just, like, the... There's just so so much, like... So many love-hate relationships in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you have, you have moments of Jason Dixon after Willoughby gets killed... Not gets killed, uh, kills himself... Um, to uh, basically spare himself from the pain of dying of cancer, mm-hmm. um, he goes into the into the advertising agency and basically beats Red Welby to death. Yeah, uh, near to death. Yeah, um, throws him off the roof. You know, and he ends up getting caught in the uh, in the sheriff's office after he gets fired. Um, I really like the replacement sheriff that comes oh, in. Oh, yeah. Oh, my He's God. Great. They needed that breath of fresh air yes. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Dixon gets kicked off the force after this incident, um, which is about as merciful of a thing that that, that man could have done to Dixon. Like, he could have yeah. locked him up no problem. You know, Dixon always kind of gets off somehow. Um but he he's just such a broken. I feel like he's just such a broken person that like they just kind of accept it. Yeah, you know what I mean. A lot um, of people do some like shady shit. Nobody gets in no, trouble. No, nobody. It's like it's like everyone's a fucked up family member. Yeah, you yeah. know, in this town. Mm-hmm. But and there's just so many cool moments of like people that should hate each other, like listening to each other and it, like. And just kind of hearing each other out in their own fucked up, sometimes not um, um, accepting ways. In, in a prime example of that is Mildred and her ex-husband. Oh, yeah. Such like, an interesting dynamic. There's no reason he should be going into that house. There's no reason. You know, she was clearly brutally beaten by this man. Yeah. And still, they're, like, holding hands and, like, there's, like a very strange love and I don't know if it's because of their daughter. I don't know if it's because they still have the son there, but like it's really complex. Yeah. So yeah, that is a good, you know, I love, I love the moment where, um, where Dixon's in the hospital after, uh, after, um, he gets burned. Yeah. After Mildred Hayes burns the, the police station (laughs) down. Um, and he's in the hospital with Red Welby. And Red's telling him he's he's got like a broken arm, his legs are all fucked up, his face is all bandaged because he got beat so bad. Um, and he gives him orange juice and tells him that things are gonna be okay. And he and even after he realizes that it's this person that he's so afraid of and has so much disdain for, he still is caring. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, 
even though this is such a uh, a dark and depressing at times film, there is like an underlying like an underlying theme of kind of love and community. Yeah, in this the community aspect in a strange way you can feel. There's it. also just such a good and palatable um, like appreciation for silence in this film. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think Martin McDonough does really well in the yeah. things he directs. He does a similar thing. I think he leans into it a little bit more in a in his newer film that came out called The Banshees of Inishirin. Um Also a wonderful film. But you get to see how people's actions and words like are deeply affecting other characters. Mm-hmm. Like this film, it kind of starts with silence and then it ends with silence um, yeah. in both car rides, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, and I think there's something really, really powerful about that. Just like a quiet contemplation in this what was like the most batshit moment to you of this film the most batshit yeah probably mildred blowing up the The police police station station. yeah Yeah. i think so um it was shocking that um woody harrelson's character took his own life honestly that's a curveball isn't it i was really excited to see what you thought of that just a heads up to everyone alex was the one that hadn't seen this film yeah i had so i was very excited for him to see this um but he puts it on paper. He like has like a, like he's been preparing for it for well over a week. And just the way that he still operates with love in his heart. I mean, his very last day, he's like hanging out with his kids and him and his wife are talking about fucking how it's a really good fuck. He has a nice cock. And he just goes into the, into the stables and just shoots himself. I was, I was like, I, like, I, 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 I don't know. I guess I don't understand that pain, but also at the same time, like, I couldn't leave something like that. Like that was, yeah, that was a lot. That yeah. was a lot. He went out the exact way he wanted to, yeah. and he was a bit of an asshole, for sure. A little bit, yeah, you know? sure. But also, I mean, I I don't even feel that way because, um, Mildred got her billboards paid for for an entire month. Yeah, and whether it was like a dig at her or not, he was like, I support this. I won't be here, but like, yeah, good luck. Keep fighting your fight. Yeah, like I believe in it, and it is. Um, it is just like it just constantly beats you down, like just the lack of hope in finding the person that did this to yeah. her daughter, mm-hmm. um, and and the links that um, that like that she's willing to go to, and other characters are willing to go to to find some sort of justice and closure to this horrible, senseless thing. Yeah, um, yeah. It is also, I mean, like there are lots of moments where people are trying to give her levity. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And those were some of my favorite things in this movie, like when Peter Dinklage takes her to dinner. Yeah. Which is so cute. It is. It's very, very cute. Peter Dinklage is wonderful in this Oh, film. he's amazing. He's amazing. Um, and, like, the uh, Denise. And, that like, I think the moment that made me happiest in this is when they're all going to put up the, the new billboards after, yeah. after the, it got burned, after the husband burned them down. Right? The husband yeah, burned them down, did. right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. There's so many good, like, little, like, unexpected events yeah, in this film. definitely. It definitely keeps you on your toes. It's a big departure from Scooby-Doo. There's a mystery afoot, but this one is just a this little... This one's real. This one is real. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That's how I feel about it, man. It really was... I Thank you for showing me this movie. This was a really I love good it. one. It's one of my favorite films. You said you've seen it a few times. I think this was the third or fourth time I've seen it. Wow. Yeah. And I honestly don't really watch... I, I don't normally rewatch films, especially films like this. Yeah. Um, I just kind of hold you down, but it's just so good. Like the, the performance is just so great. The, the, like all technical aspects of the movie are excellent. The, the music is perfect to the, 
um, to the scene and just the general aura of the film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really good. It's very, very good. Ha- and there's just so many uh, – and the just the the contrast that's painted so frequently in the film is wonderful. Like, there are so many moments where um, where characters are just absolutely, like, eviscerating each other on an anatomical level. Yeah. And then there's something that comes up that – where they're reminded of the humanity of the person that they're talking to. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment where um, Mildred Hayes, uh, one of the first things that she does after the billboards come up, she catches a lot of flack um, for putting these billboards up because a lot of people know that Sheriff Willoughby has cancer. And they like him a lot. He's a man that uh, we're told and we see sometimes leads with a lot of integrity and really cares about the people of this town. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people that are very upset with her for putting up these billboards that are essentially tarnishing a dying man's reputation. And one of these people is a fat dentist. Dude, um, what the fuck, man? Who is basically ready to rip her tooth out without any sort of anesthesia. She impales his thumb <laughs> with his little drill and she winds up in police custody. I love the scene where her and Willoughby are arguing with each other and she's basically telling Willoughby that uh, that he could be doing more, he should be doing more, things are only happening now because she put up these billboards. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of right. Yeah, she's like, right. She's totally right about it. Mm-hmm. And they're arguing and Willoughby starts to lay into her a little bit and he coughs and we see blood just like splatter on her face, on her face. Yeah. and just the transition from that to like him being in attack mode both of them being in attack mode to just him being so embarrassed and fearful and apologetic and her going into immediate like nurture mode yeah is so interesting yeah and it's honestly one of my favorite things about um about francis mcdormand in this film is just the just the absolute elasticity that she has as a performer yeah. in these scenes. It always looks like she's holding something in. It doesn't yeah. like it could be it could she be a million different things. She carries silence really well. Super well. Like it's insane. Yeah. There's just always like a tiny fire. Not even a tiny fire, like a f- furnace. Yeah. Just like ready right behind to be her released. Eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's remarkable. Yeah. Um how did you feel about her son? I I I mean I sympathize with him. Yeah. For sure. I mean um, it's definitely, it's, I would say it's, he's kind of, he's sort of a, a scene not always heard supporting character. I mean, he definitely like stands up and says what he's thinking a lot. He puts a knife to his dad's throat. He puts a knife to his dad's throat for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like it. I think it's a, I think he's a great character. I think that. I think the actor that played him did a really good job, Lucas Hedges. Um, that's just so much to deal with and to and to uh, portray, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Someone who's, uh, like, you're probably one of your closest friends, if not your closest friend, your sister. Mm-hmm. You know, this horrible thing happens to her. The way that they paint the whole picture of the family, like, right before her death is horrible crazy so horrible i looked at luke because i was like is that no shit the last thing she said to her daughter yeah is i hope you get r-worded yeah that's crazy Mm -hmm. that's that had to tear him up man yeah yeah but yeah that dynamic is nuts because um it's really good because and it's it's doubly heartbreaking because you see this kid who who is obviously so eviscerated by the loss of his sister Mm mm-hmm 
um, and simultaneously is being kind of abandoned by his mother. Yeah. You know, like she's not there for him. No, she's not. She's fully, um, she's fully consumed by her grief and her rage at the loss of her daughter, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's just hard to watch, you know, it's just so it's self-destructive and it's, it harms the people close to her. And it, but at the same time, like you're, you're still fully on board with her, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Like you want to see closure for the, for these people. Yeah. Um, and I think their relationship's a really important one. I think my favorite thing about their relationship, not even about their relationship, but like about, um, there are a few moments where she takes him to school and the most laugh out loud moment is when, what did they throw? I, I was really hoping that we were going to talk about this. <laughs> what is it uh, they throw? Or, or they throw at her car? I think they throw like a drink or like a milk drink or something. I think it was it. milk or whatever. Yeah. She gets out of the car and is like, who threw that to these three kids? And she's like, do you know who threw that milk? Like, nope. Kick to the balls. Next person. Do you know who did that? No. Kick to the vagina. It's just, oh man, that was hysterical. She's an unstoppable force. Really there's is. just And there's just so many like, so many funny moments in this, like all of the shit with like the, the conversations that Willoughby has with Dixon about like, what crime did they commit? <laughs> like, what are they oh, doing? Dude. Like, when she goes to the, to the police station and he's like, you can't say fuck wad or whatever. You can't call her a fuck wad. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> or you can't call a deputy. A oh fuck yeah. You wad. can't call That's a deputy a fuck wad. It's a crime. <laughs> what kind of crime? God, yeah, so and just like funny. the and the woman, the the girl that um, that that uh, Mister Hayes is dating, like the the girl that smells like shit, according <laughs> to Mildred Hayes, just like it, just quoting all these things from books that she has nothing about. I don't know if I was reading about. polio or polo. Oh, polo. What is it? The things you do on horses? And like, I I just think it's so like it takes a special kind of person to. Um, to interrupt a scene with like clearly depicted domestic violence mm-hmm. and then interrupt it with a 19 year old girl of a 46 year old asking where the bathroom is. Yeah. Like it's just so jarring in the perfect way. <laughs> there are just layers. There are just layers. And I don't know. I don't even know who wrote this. Yeah. Know. Martin McDonough. Oh, he wrote, wrote it. And he wrote it and directed it. It's it's so brilliant. Yeah. It's so brilliant. And I think I, I wish that I had that brain, but like, I think it like, even as a performer to look at a script, like I want to know what that script looks like. Yeah. How does it inform you? You know, I don't know. Is there any partic- particular scene that you would like to be a part of you can be any character you want but like i guess the goal is who would you want to act against oh man it's really hard i don't know like the son's a really cool character mm-hmm. i really like the scene where um where dixon gets the dna from that guy at the bar yeah i love that scene yeah um and it's a super important scene um and it's just so it's just so like interesting seeing this guy that's like totally beaten down like he's covered in burns at this point he's lost his job he has no direction in life yeah um not that he necessarily had a huge one before but now he's like truly out in the water mm-hmm. um and he like realizes that there's like something good that he can finally do yeah. like we've this guy has just been an utter terror this whole film yeah and he ends up being the one that gets the closest to to to, to getting closure the to this yeah. you know 
um, and his, and it's just so interesting because he's, um, like he's so unjust as a person, but he, but I think he truly does believe in justice. Yeah. Like the moment that he hears that the, that the DNA sample doesn't match and you just see that utter look of rejection like the but, defeat but he yeah. is a bad but this guy is bad yeah like why can't we do anything about yeah. this you know mm-hmm. um and he just doesn't understand but it's like it's that new operation it's that new operation the, the route of love he's taking yeah you know what i mean without that i feel like he would have just been like fuck whatever it's yeah just, this has nothing to do with me i don't give a no shit. for sure you know and I, I i totally like hopscotched all over your like what scene and what person would you want to act against mm-hmm. in this I don't know. There's just so many to, to choose from. Yeah. I would love to, I mean, my top, my top three favorite, um, I can't even, it's even hard to say top three, like Francis McDormand. Um, uh, I know I would definitely, if I had the opportunity, I would want to play, um, like red. Yeah. Red will be just, I mean, he gets to act with Francis McDormand and yeah, he's with everybody. Yeah. He's with everyone. Yeah. And he's like, he's more the spectator than anything else. Yeah. So I think even to just interject in those moments would be amazing. I yeah. want Sam Rockwell to beat the shit out of me. Yeah. Sam Rock, Sam Rockwell is so good in this movie. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. But. So, I mean, just final thoughts on the film. No, it was excellent. It was excellent. And honestly, I don't ever seek out films that will, leave me that i mean that i know will leave me with like a sad impression or like a melancholic you know yeah very melancholic um but it was it was funny and the characters were real and honest and i i love looking for moments of beauty in like every movie i watch and this was just one i was like this is just a beautiful story with beautifully complex people and it was just it was a master class i loved it i loved it. it was very good yeah I think it's I I love it so much because it it dives into the like the worst fears of the, like the worst fears that humans could have <laughs> coming to life basically and I think it exposes like so much of the everyone's just in an open nerve in this film. Yeah. And just the honesty and the just the the it's just earthy. It is. Like, it's very it's so like real and mm-hmm. flushed like fleshed out yeah um and it's it's just a wonderful film you say that you want me to give my scores yes. on this so out of um out of 10 molotov cocktails <laughs> heading straight to the ebbing police department i'm gonna give three billboards outside ebbing missouri a 9.5 wow that's your highest score that is easily my highest score I feel like it's going to be my highest score, too. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I think you gave uh, Terraform Mars like a 9.6. You might have given it a 10 out of 10. Did I really? Yeah, I think you were pretty eager when we first started yeah. on, that, on that score. Now, now, now I'm being honest. Okay. <laughs> Not that I wasn't being honest then. There was just a lot of excitement, you know, starting a podcast and all. Um, but, yeah, I will, I'm going to put this like a 9.6. 9.6. I'm putting it right up there. There we go. Yeah. And honestly, there's I don't even know why the points are off. I just, in my brain, I'm like, it's not a perfect movie. Like, I, I, I could have watched another hour and a half of it, honestly. It's so good. Like, it's a <laughs> two-hour, basically a two-hour film. It's so lean. Like, yeah. everything has so much weight to it. Everything mm-hmm. is so important. Um, 
there never it never feels like there's a throwaway scene or a wasted character um every piece is important yeah you know and even what it leaves the and audience it holds you with, like you you yeah. are drawn in the whole time and like even what it leaves you with at the end as mm-hmm. the audience to like sit and think like because be... they don't really give you a ton of closure at the end of the film. they don't and so, and so at the end um sam rockwell's character gets the dna of some guy who was talking shit that he had like really hurt a woman and murdered her basically and he discovers that you know he is not responsible for the death of Angela Hayes. Um, and it just kind of rocks his world and he's very distraught, but he calls, uh, Mildred and is like, I know where this guy lives. I have his, I have his, uh, plates. Like we can just go get him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay. So they're basically going on a road trip to Idaho to kill this guy. But you don't know if they're going to do it or not. Yeah, you don't know they if they're going to do it. They sit in the car it. and they're like, they're kind of like, do you really it? want to do this? And you're like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Let's drive and see what we think, what we what we come up with. Yeah, you know, they're like we'll figure it out on the way. And just figuring it out on the way. Yeah, it's the story, man. Yeah. So, lovely. What's your beef score? In terms of my beef score, this is the entire uh, like Texas Roadhouse chain. Yeah. Chain's worth of beef. It's <laughs> yeah. like silos filled of beef. I love it. Man. I like beg everyone. If if the content matter is too much for you, I completely understand. Um but to be fair, to be fair, to, yeah. to, to like to, to that extent, you don't see anything. You don't see anything. It's yeah, just yeah. the implication and the and the aftermath of this horrible event. Yeah. It's like in no way gratuitous or No. The you mo- know? the most you see is the um domestic violence and it's very short just you know just just know if you're gonna watch it there's like that one scene where it does get kind of heavy for a second but there's nothing that you know will affect you in the realm of the murder yeah so exactly i highly encourage anyone that hasn't seen this film to watch it um we discussed some key plot points here but it was pretty meandering i think you'll thoroughly find surprises and thoroughly enjoy this film and you know what's so funny? Like, I, I wish I was, like, back home in Indiana watching this with, like, an open window, and it was, like, raining. And just kind it of, has like, that vibe. It's, like, during the day, you know? You're yeah. Some, like, that just sounds sounds perfect. Um, my beef score, it's just, like, nine or ten entire cows in a field. And I'm just out there. It's sunset. Appreciating them. And I moo super loud, and they moo right back at me. And I get to go hug them, and it's beautiful. That's my beef score earthy beef thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of the bucket of beef show make sure to follow us on instagram and facebook and youtube at bucket of beef show check out our patreon uh our poll will release soon um thank you so much see you in the next one my name is luke hodson my name is alex morrison and we'll see you on the beef side on the beef side baby uh on the beef side oh